Welcome to Bible Fellowship Church's The Upper Room. Our podcast addresses the Christian's role in today's culture. We hope you enjoy it and find it informative. To help support our ministry, please consider becoming a subscriber and financial contributor. Links to donate are on our website at bfcforyou.org. Now let's get going. This is Scott Kimball. I'm one of the elders here at Bible Fellowship Church, and I just wanted to start out the podcast by welcoming everybody to the year 2021. Uh, Happy New Year, everyone. We've been uh, away from the podcast for a couple of weeks now, and we've been doing a little brainstorming, a little retooling, trying to come up with some new formats for this new year, change things up a little bit. Uh, So I wanted to talk primarily about that initially here and some of the new show formats that we're looking at doing. And we're going to continue with the format that we've been doing over the last, I guess, 2020. First episode I I realized was actually published on April 1st, April Fool's Day, which is kind of funny. But that was a, a discussion format. And with a discussion format, you know, we have guests on and we talk back and forth about issues and, and the format of the show was and is to look at the Sunday message and then talk about kind of the day's events, some news headlines, and sort of what the Christian's response to those kind of things uh, maybe should or shouldn't be, and kind of go from there. And it's a good format. We've got a good response from folks on that, so we're not going to get rid of it. We're going to keep it, and but it'll be something mixed in with these other formats that we're going to do, and we're going to kind of mix it up. It's not going to follow a set schedule per se. We'll just kind of we'll leave it open to sort of the circumstances that are that the Lord hands us at the time. So with that, our, our new show formats that we're going to be introducing, uh, one will be the interview format, and this is something we've talked kind of talked about from the beginning, but uh, when we have an opportunity to interview some uh, guests on the show, uh, to get to know them a little bit better, to ask them questions about their life and their ministry and things like that, uh, we're going to try to do that. I'm hoping to uh, start out with um, the church elders and kind of doing an interview with each of the church elders and kind of discussing, you know, their life and how they came to be where they're at now and and uh, hopefully some things that you all will find interesting. Uh, but I'd also, we're planning on expanding that to interviews with folks from the outside. Uh, We've got some friends in academia that I'm hoping to do some interviews with when we have special guests at the church, hoping to be able to do some interviews with with those folks. Uh, Also looking at the possibility of maybe trying to line up some local pastors that uh, serve the Lord here on the coast and take some time to interview them. So we'll see how that goes, and uh, we'll try to scatter those in throughout the course of the year. And then our next uh, show format will be the direct message, which is kind of what I'm doing today. It's just me on the show today, sitting in front of a microphone. And uh, the direct message will be just kind of what's on in today's episode. It's sort of what's on my my mind, my thoughts right now, and uh, kind of what I'm thinking. But it could be one of the elders. It could be a special guest. You know, just taking 30 minutes or whatever to kind of discuss or, th- you know, think out loud, kind of what's going on in their mind, uh, what are they reading in scripture right now, what kind of things are going on in the world scene that uh, maybe have you concerned or encouraged. There's a lot of different directions that uh, the direct message could go. 
And then the final show format uh, that we're going to start out with this year is uh, a book review format. So in this format, we're going to look at various books that are written, you know, maybe a new book that's come out or maybe an, an old book that we kind of want to revisit and, and discuss and talk about, probably mostly from Christian authors, but uh, not necessarily. There may be a, a secular book out there that's maybe gaining a lot of traction or making a lot of waves and in the Christian world, and uh, we might want to take a look at that and see what the book has to say and kind of just do a book review, uh, talk about the pros and cons, uh, the scripturality of the book, and whether or not it's useful to Christians and helpful in their life. So those are kind of the show formats we're thinking about starting out with this year. We may add others um, down the road if if other show formats kind of uh, lend themselves to some additional variety uh, with the upper room. Uh, what we w- don't want to do is just fall into a rut of a lot of the same old, same old. We want people coming back and listening to the new episodes as they come out. So I'm always interested to hear what's coming up next and what we're doing. You know, maybe a little new, maybe a little different and, and not just the same old, same old. All right. So today's outline or today's show format, like I said, is the direct message. And so I wanted to take a little bit of time, just kind of talk to the folks that are listening right now. And, and basically what, what I titled this was, you know, hope and pray for the best, prepare for the worst and stay involved. I think the title is mainly uh, directed to what I'm reading and seeing in the news today. Today is the day that Congress is going to finalize the election. Uh, yesterday we had the election in Georgia, and for um, all indications, it looks like the left has pretty much taken control of, of everything. We're going to have a, an evenly divided Senate, it appears, unless the uh, one of the Georgia races happens to go a different direction. But all indications right now look like it's all going to go to the Democrats. And so the left is in control of pretty much everything they're going to have, unless there's some major upset presidential election, they're going to have the presidency. Uh, they'll have both houses of Congress. Uh, the left, as we know, runs our educational system. They own the administrative state. They own the entertainment industry. They own the news. Pretty much everything in our culture and society today is being run and influenced by the left. And when I say the left, um, you know, I'm talking about Marxists, you know, people who believe that and uh, the the tenets and theories of Marxism. If you've not studied that, if you're not totally sure what that's about, if if you just think that's them commies or whatever, uh, you might want to begin educating yourself a little bit on this and and looking it up and seeing where they really come from. And and what's sad to me about it is is that we've got so many churches that and pastors especially that are kind of jumping on board with some of this or trying to. Uh, modify it or use the language of, of Marxism to promote whatever their brand of the gospel is. And I think it's, I don't know, I think I think it could be kind of a dangerous thing. It, it probably will come back and bite us. I just want to, again, go back to the beginning of what I said, you know, hope and pray for the best. You know, our fear is not a good way to live your life. And living in fear is, is not biblical. Uh, we're told in scripture that, uh, that we shouldn't live in fear, that the Lord uh, knows everything about us, that he knows the numbers of hairs on our head, and that our our hope and everything is, is not in this world, right? So uh, ultimately, 
we are we are to be glorified and with him forever on a new heaven and a new earth. So, you know, we we shouldn't be putting our hope. But again, I understand nobody wants to live in misery either, and uh, we don't want to live in a in a state of things where um, you know where we're oppressed, where we're not free to do the will of the Lord, where, you know, we might be asked to do things where like in the day of Daniel, the, you know, basic Christian um, things we do coming together to worship and whatnot might ultimately one day be illegal. So I hope that never happens and doesn't come to this country, but you just never know. You know, things are always changing, always, always moving in different directions. And so we need to hope and, and pray for the best. And, and like I said, also begin to prepare for the possibility of some, some tough times here. So with that, I want to start out by saying as Christians, you know, we need to get our house in order. And what do I mean by that? Well, by get your house in order, I mean, begin to fix the problems, issues, things that you have going on in your life that, that are not of the Lord and begin to look at those principles, those things in scripture that kind of detail out for us how we should be living our lives and begin to um, follow those more carefully and not be swayed by the commercialism of our culture and the various things that try to attract our attention. And for my scripture reference for this, I wanted to look at Matthew 7, 24 through 27. And this is uh, Jesus speaking and in the ESV English Standard Version, it's, this section is titled, Build Your House on the Rock. So in verse 24, it says, Everyone who th- then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So looking at a couple things here in this, in this passage, you know, first of all, it says everyone who hears these words of mine, well, what, what words of mine? Well, if you read earlier, um, probably starting all the way back in chapter five with the Sermon on the Mount, um, he lists out the Beatitudes. He talks about dealing with anger, talking about lust, divorce, oaths, retaliation, loving your enemies, giving to the needy. Um, he gives them the, the Lord's Prayer in this. He talks about fasting. He talks about laying up your treasures in heaven, about not being anxious. You know, we talked about that here just a minute ago. Verse 25 of chapter 6, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Uh, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? You know, and he goes into the whole thing about the birds of the air and the hairs on your head and all that. And then in chapter 7 starts talking about judging others, asking, and it'll be given. Golden rule, you know, treat others as you want to be treated. Being fruitful. And then in uh, verse 21 of chapter 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, do many mighty works in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And the division there 
and we'll talk about a little bit about this a little later, is those people who claim to be Christians, but who are still in love with the world. They're, they're cultural Christians, we might call them today, where it, they're, they're in the in crowd. They're a Christian because it's popular with the community that they live in or whatever. They don't really have a love for the Lord. They, they love being loved, and they want to be accepted and loved by the world. And so they, they do these Christianese sort of things in order to, to get that, that attention. But anyways, in, in verse 24, it says, everyone who hears these words of mine will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. So we want to be the person who built the house on the rock. And the other thing you'll notice about this passage is that it, it, the rain fell, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. Same rain, same floods, same winds on both houses right? So the world is the world and it beats on everybody and bad things happen to everybody, Christians and non-Christians alike. And so it's not a matter of avoiding having the rain fall or the floods come or the winds blow. The passage is pretty much telling us that's going to happen to all of us. So the the key is whether or not you're prepared for it. And the way to be prepared for it is to be doing the things of the Lord. So if we're doing the things of the Lord and we're preparing for it, that's part of getting our house in order. The second thing I want to say is that we need to be involved. We need to be model citizens in this society. It's real easy for us as believers to say, well, that's that's just the world. The world's going to hell. Um, we just need to let it, let it go and, and not worry about it. Um, obviously, we have the Great Commission, the gospel that we're, we're to be out there um, trying to save as many folks as we can. But at the same time, we're also given instruction by the Apostle Paul to be good citizens. If we go to Romans chapter 13, it says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, because and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. And people always say, well, what if it's a bad person? What if it's an evil person that's, that's, that's in there? Again, and I think Jacob brought this out in our, in our last podcast that you know if you if you're not giving the government a reason to get involved chances are they won't get involved so if we're doing our part as good citizens to be the best citizens we can be and to be upright and virtuous in the things that we do then there's no reason for the government to get involved in our business the only reason the government gets involved in our business is if we're causing a problem essentially and so I think this verse kind of talks about that, but then it also goes on to say, then do what is good and you will receive his approval for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid for he does not bear the sword in vain for he is the servant of God an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes for the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. So we're given some pretty clear instruction here as a Christian on how we should relate to those that are in authority over us. 
and this isn't just government. I mean, this could be your boss at work or, or other relationships um, like that where there is a, uh, a hierarchy, if you will. And then he goes on to talk about fulfilling the law through love. You know, oh, no one anything except to love each other for the one who, who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, murder, steal, covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So, again, and I think Dylan pointed this out a few times in some of the podcasts we've done. If we're always concerned about doing the loving thing in a situation, you know, then you can be pretty confident that you're doing what is right. And I think that's correct. And the third thing, you know, remember that we're not to be a friend of the world. And I'm going to look at James, the book of James in chapter four for some guidance on this. It says in verse four, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is in enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose that it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made dwell in us, but he gives, but he gives more grace and he opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. So we see that, you know, especially as believers, our, our role isn't to try to be popular, to be liked or whatever in the world. We need to be following God and his precepts and making sure that, that we are an upright and virtuous people, you know, could that get you in trouble, you know, with the world? Sure. You know, the world, we know that the world doesn't like us and that the world is in a state where it is very anti-Christian right now. In the United States, uh, very many people are anti-religious, anti-Christian. And it's a little alarming that you hear some pastors using language and talking in ways that that somebody politically anyways, who is an atheist would also talk. And so, and the only reason they do it is they want to be liked, you know, they want to be accepted. They want to, they want, you know, the mainstream out there to say, you know, Hey, this pastor gets it. This pastor understands, you know, where we're coming from this, this pastor, you know, he's on board with us and we need to be careful about that, that we're not doing, we're not doing the work of the Lord in some way or fashion that's to try to gain popularity with the world. That's not what we're, that's not what we're here for. We're here to save people out of the world. You know, the world is, is trying to lure people and get people to reject the gospel, reject the atonement that Christ made for them and throw all that away. And all that's going to get them is a, a trip to hell. So, we need to make sure that that we are doing our part as believers to to try to be the best examples we can be to a society that's lost. And a lot of people out there, unfortunately, think that they're Christians and they think that, you know, that they're believers because they prayed a prayer. They, you know, went forward one Sunday or whatever, but they don't attend church. They're not they're not reading the word. They're not in a uh, Bible you know, study, they're not, they're not doing any of the works of the Lord. And, and as we read in that last passage, um, back in Matthew, you know, where Jesus said, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who say, you know, didn't, didn't we do all these things in your name? And he said, I never knew you depart from me. So, you know, that's kind of scary. So anyway, so, you know, for today's direct message, the, the main thing is I want to come back to it, you know, hope and pray for the best. We need to be positive. We need to be 
um, looking towards a, a good future. Ultimately, we know that tribulation will come. Is this, are we seeing this formation of this sort of global one world government kind of thing? Is that the the end times that we read about in scripture? Uh, is the tribulation, you know, near? Possibly, possibly, you know, but there's been plenty of times in history past over the last 2000 years when the church went through some really rough times due to changes in government or war or other things that were going on. And it wasn't what ushered in the millennial kingdom. So we need to, uh, we need to, you know, hope and pray for the best and be prepared. And, and what we're going to be doing in, in one of the book reviews is we're going to be looking at this, um, salt plan book by Chuck Bentley. And, uh, hopefully here, I don't know, another episode or two down, um, after we get a few people who have read the book, we can get together and kind of talk about it and discuss it a little more. We're going to be talking about that. And, uh, it says the salt plan, how to prepare for an economic crisis of biblical proportions, um, by Chuck Bentley. And, uh, the idea being is that Christians have an opportunity to be real ministers in a bad situation, uh, if there, if there is some kind of an economic collapse or something, uh, that comes. A lot of economists and whatnot right now are pointing to the national debt and, uh, pointing to the debt of so many countries around the world. Uh, some global leader, leaders are talking about this thing called the Great Reset. Uh, if you've not read up on that, um, I, w- I don't necessarily uh, recommend that you go read up on that. That'll get you down the conspiracy rabbit hole pretty quickly. Um, but the idea being that, you know, as a world government, as globalists uh, get together, they might devalue all the globe's currencies all at the same time in order to pay off their debts. But it effectively will destroy the value of those currencies, um, at least in the immediate future. And there will be a time of recovery after that that could be pretty rough. So I don't know if that could actually work and what that would do to people's retirements and things like that. Who knows? You know, as someone who's looking at retiring here in the next couple of years from uh, from the job I have now, that's a little alarming. And uh, I'm hoping and praying that things improve, uh, get better. We'll see. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But that last point, you know, staying involved, we need to make sure that if you're a believer that you're, you know, I, I wouldn't spend a lot of time delving into reading lots of political stuff and whatnot, but you at least need to be aware of what's going on. And, uh, you know, looking at, at a few different sources tend to lean more towards the conservative news media outlets, you know, some of the papers and whatnot. But you know, I also read some of the more left-leaning stuff because I want to know what they're thinking too and try to get a balanced view of what's going on. And uh, I would encourage you to do to look at some of that and do some of that. But also in staying involved, not only voting, but we also need to be keeping our local, our mayors and our, you know, in our where I live in the county, I have county supervisors and and our state representatives we need to be you know keeping them all honest too and staying in touch with them and letting us letting them know what our thoughts are on various issues and we need to look at policies and we need to be looking at issues as they come up and we need to be weighing them against scripture and saying well which way you know should we go if i'm going to have influence as a christian in society i need to make sure that that influence is is solidly based on on biblical scripture and so 
you know, if a policy issue comes up and something comes up that, you know, they want to change the law or they want to put some kind of amendment in or they want to do something different, you know, here in my local county or in the state that I live in, that I need to be aware of, of what it, what's going on there, looking at all sides of it and also weighing it against what scripture has to say and making sure that, you know, whatever advice I give to my local legislators is backed up by good, solid reasoning in Scripture. And so, you know, we need to stay involved in what's going on. We need to try to make a difference where we can. We need to be about alleviating suffering anytime we can. A lot of folks are dealing with mental issues and whatnot because of the, you know, all the mandates and everything from COVID. And it sounds like, you know, if the new Biden administration comes in, he's going to mandate a, a, a mask mandate for a hundred days and who knows what other kind of, you know, lockdowns and things they'll be encouraging. We don't know yet. We'll have to wait and see, but it's already had a pretty heavy toll on people's lives. Um, I saw a headline here a week or two ago that uh, said that there were more people dying of opiate overdoses in uh, San Francisco then died of COVID. Uh, that's, that's awful. That's absolutely horrible. And that could have been somewhat avoided by taking maybe a more measured approach to these lockdowns. Uh, a lot of people are really struggling and suffering with that. And as believers, we need to be looking for ways where we can help folks who are struggling and suffering through these, through these times to get through it. Part of it is too, is we need to be encouraging each other to develop a little resilience you know, the world's been through tougher times than what we're going through right now. They keep talking about, you know, the pandemic being unprecedented. Um, the only really thing about unprecedented about it is our response to it. I think a little resiliency would go a long way. And so maybe that's something we need to talk about in a future episode, too, is how can Christians develop some resiliency that t- we can toughen up a little bit and be willing to take a few darts and arrows for the Lord as we try to try to do our part and, and be good citizens and staying involved, you know, and ultimately, uh, you know, the real answer for, for most of this is spreading the gospel, getting the gospel out there. Uh, we need to be looking for opportunities to be able to share what Christ has done and change people's lives and their minds and hearts. But we, we can't stop with just their justification if they believe it. Um, we need to be working on that sanctification aspect. We need to be training and teaching people and helping people get into the Word and understanding what the Bible has to say about various issues, the way we think, the way we act, the way we treat one another, what our priorities are. All of that is detailed out in Scripture, and we need to make sure that we're not only educated in it, but that we're following it and we're actually doing it. So there's a lot of a lot of good stuff out there that I'm hoping that we'll get to tackle and, and get to work on in this new year. And there's also a lot of a lot of issues and a lot of things, a lot of concerns that I, I'm hoping that uh, we can find some scriptural answers for, and and uh, I know we can find scriptural answers for, and try to get that information out there and, and get things going. Again, uh, you know, I wish everybody a happy new year. I hope that your year goes very well. I hope that you have the ability to invite folks to church. I hope that you get the ability to share the gospel with somebody this year and begin to disciple someone. I'll take this time now to uh, close us out in prayer. And hopefully uh, if you get a chance to share this podcast with other folks and encourage other folks to 
to begin listening to the podcast regularly. I would really appreciate that. I think it's a good ministry of our church, and, and I'm hoping that we can expand it and make it something uh, even better and better over time. Heavenly Father, we come before you today thanking you, Lord, for uh, this opportunity to speak to uh, the issues of the day, uh, to talk about what's going on in people's lives, to what people are thinking, to encourage people to look to the scriptures, to uh, develop their mindset and their attitude and how they react to the things that the world throws at them. Father, I pray for us as believers. I ask, Lord, your continued blessing upon us. I ask, Lord, for that measure of resiliency, Lord, that that we can um, be the people who are able to be virtuous and to be upright and to show the rest of our countrymen and fellow believers and that we have the answers that they are so desperately seeking that hole that's in their in their soul and in their spirit that that gnaws at them and and doesn't allow them to find peace that we have that answer that we can help them find that peace and and through that that we can uh, work to develop a society that truly is concerned about the things of god that we would help to alleviate suffering and that we would look to a society that to, to serve you and also to serve one another. And I just pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today and found it thought-provoking. The Upper Room is a Bible Fellowship Church production. The opinions discussed by our guests are just opinions and random thoughts at the time of recording and do not necessarily reflect the doctrine or stated beliefs of Bible Fellowship Church.